believe the unbelievable of God's word and believe in life. Your humility is to take God's word as it is. Tongues and prophecy go hand This is Young Ecclesia Nation. Let your heart be flooded with light as you listen to the word of God in ministration. I Pastor Odudu Essien. God bless you. And write everything down. So, um, today we're going to continue our series on honor. All right. Can you guys hear me? Hope you can. Continue our honor, um, series on honor. And um, we've said a lot past couple of weeks. At least by now, there are things we've established about honor. Um, but I want us to talk um, about... Um, because we're talking about ways you can honor your pastor, right? Ways or areas that honor should be present. And we have explained so far that honor is not just about giving substance. And substance is there, but substance does not capture the complete um, or the fullness of what honor is or the expressions of honor. Are you seeing that? Um, you can... You can carry out an action, an honorable action, and you are not honorable in your heart. Are you seeing that? So we are we are looking at um, honor, and you know, first of all, the first basis for honor is that we honor what God honors. We value what God values. All right, that's how we actually do it. We honor what God honors. We value what God values. All right. Let me say it again. We honor what God honors. We value what God values. The only reason why a pastor has any value <laughs> is because God says so. Are you with me? God says so. God is the one that places the value. Therefore, the only reason any human being has value is because God places the value on human beings. If he didn't place the value on human beings, human beings will have no value. And vice versa, right? And then, so it's the same Lord that now says that the pastors should be counted, or the elders should be counted worthy of what? Double honor. Worthy of double honor and all that. And so um by that he explains or and he explains why and he says it's for the work's sake for the sake of the responsibility then you're supposed to was regard and esteem them what highly that's how it's supposed to be are you seeing that all right so because for the work's sake for the work's sake so the work's sake is why the work's sake is why hallelujah the work's sake is why so when you understand that then it becomes easier now, um, we're going to be looking at um, one of the ways of honoring your pastor, which is, or at least is to cover, covering your pastor's nakedness, all right? Covering your pastor's nakedness. Now, normally when we say this, what, and one of the ways that this has been taken for a lot in scripture, or no, not scripture, in circles, Christian circles, is to put up with abuse all right for example we can say cover the if you're married as a woman we say submit to your husband and some people now like have used that in the past to say and still use it anyway to say that um it means that no matter what your husband does just submit and that's not true because the bible is very clear that every authority has its jurisdiction all right every authority has its its jurisdiction for example the husband does not have authority in the church are you seeing that the husband does not have the authority of christ he cannot tell his wife 
that you're not going to church again. Are you saying that? It, it doesn't work. It's just like, for example, the pastor doesn't have the authority to tell his congregation members who they will marry or who they will not marry. Do you get? You, you don't have that. The word does not give you the authority. Why? The Bible clearly says that a woman can marry whoever she wills. It's just that the Lord, the Bible tells us, except in the Lord. So where you would draw the line as a pastor is, ah, you want to marry someone that is not born again. Are you seeing that? That's where you draw the line. But then other, there are other things, for example, where the Bible also says that believers should keep no company with, for example, a believer who is living in sin. That as the believer has made a practice of sin. A believer who is lazy does not walk, right? He who does not walk should not eat. Do you understand? A believer who is rebellious, a rebellious believer who does not submit to authority, right? Um, a, a believer who um, who is peddling false doctrine or who is denying the essential, the core essential doctrines of our faith. These are people that you stay away from. So a pastor's jurisdiction is the word. You can say, oh, look, oh, I don't support this. This is why. This is what the word of God says about this person. See, 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 see. But that's where the authority ends. Are you with me? So when we talk about honor, all right, honor is you honor from a word-based, even honor has jurisdiction and honor is word-based, all right? In other words, whatever is, what, what does the word does not cover, you don't, for example, there are people that would want to extract honor and use it to manipulate people. So for example, there are people that try to extract loyalty and honor from church members um that even goes beyond the word for example there are people that have slept with their pastors in the name of honor yes there are people like that who have slept with their pastors in the name of honor in the name of honor and loyalty they've done that uh, there are people who have like for example you know you neglect your family and your children, what should go to your family and children, you go and give it to your pastor in the name of honor. Are you seeing that? You know, there are things that don't make sense, for example. I don't care how honorable you are. There are things that if you've not done, you don't have any business with <laughs> doing materially for your pastor. If you have family, your children have not, have not been fed, they've not been clothed, right? There are things they've not done. You understand what I'm saying? Your wife is not, you don't have any business coming to church to come and drop anything. That doesn't make sense. Right? There are things you sort out at home first. You get that. People, for example, who do not, they can't remember the last time they ever did anything for their parents. Now, I'm here to tell you that if you're the kind of person who does not do jack for your parents, all right, what you're doing is an abomination. If you, if all you do is, oh, you know how to oh, pastor and, and you know how to honor your pastor, but you do not know how to honor your parents. You don't know how to, um, how to, uh, be be honorable. The Bible tells you to honor your father and mother. It's the word. So you don't obey one and then disobey the other. You do both. Are you with me? You do both. You do both. When was the last time? You, you know, not now. Some of the things I've shared here can, are applicable to your family as well. Your parents. They're applicable in a sense. All right. Um, in the sense that you. Why are you honoring them for the labor over you? The father. They are your parents your father and mother and their labor they have done over you over the years. You get the fact that they've taken care of you, nurtured you, all right, guided you, and all that stuff. You are supposed to what? Reciprocate that. How? You are supposed to take care of them. In fact, 
Paul would actually tell you that you should repay your parents, actually. It says that, yeah, so actually if you are, um, if they've labored over you with their years of strength to make you comfortable, to put you through school, to take care of you and all that, you who has who is now in your own prime, you are still with your youth, you, are, you still have your strength, are you with me? You are now making money and all that. You should have them in your plans, have them in mind to also take care of them as well. This is honorable unto the Lord. It's not a one-sided thing. Are you seeing that? Because those are some of the excesses that we find where people are very honorable to their pastors, but then they are terrible to their families, to their homes and all that stuff. You get that that's not how it's supposed to be. That's not how it's supposed to be. So we're going to be looking at covering the nakedness. One of the things or one of the ways you actually honor your, um, what do you call it? The, the One of the ways you actually honor your pastor is by covering his nakedness. But what does that mean? All right. What does that mean? Well, it's actually about the fact that your pastor is like any other human being. While he is sent of God to you and God's gift to you, the gift that God sent to you is a man. Are you with me? Or a woman? The gift that God has sent to you is fallible. The gift that God has sent to you is fragile, is earthen. Are you with me? And what that means is that this gift to you is imperfect. In fact, let me even say this. Um, well, I say ontologically, but every, the only being in creation or the only being in existence, let me say that that's, that is perfect is God. The only being in existence that is perfect is God. Every other being, as long as you are not God, you cannot be perfect. <laughs> That's the truth. As long as you are not God, you cannot be perfect. All right? You cannot be perfect. Therefore, you will have mistakes, you will have flaws. Where Job, in fact, even says, in the book of Job, he even said that God does not trust his holy ones. In other words, that they, all of them are fallible. All of them are what? They are fallible. Now, um, so, covering the person's nakedness is the fact that you know that this person, your pastor, is, is actually a um, human being. It's fallible. You know, it's interesting that there is also something to note about your pastor. Everything we've said here um, so far about honor is there's a boundary to honor. Are you with me? For example, there's such a thing called idolatry. I'll give you an example. I once attended a conference <laughs> where in the name of honor, one guy came out to say in the church, he said that everybody, talking about his papa or his prophet or whatever, he says, now, well, everybody said, people say, we don't worship our papa. Say, me, ah, that my papa is my God. Say, I worship the ground he walks on. My papa is my God, and I worship him. <laughs> I know, ah, no, I was there. Don't worry, this one, I was there. <laughs> I'm not telling you second-hand information. I was there. I was there. In fact, I was holding camera. So, <laughs> I was there. And the I I was looking around. I said, the first thing that should have happened was that that is his papa that was there too when he said that thing should have slapped him. That's the first thing that should have happened. 
But the papa kept quiet. You know why? Because the papa actually actually endorsed the message. And that, my friends, is what we call idolatry. Do you know what I said? That's called idolatry. You are worshipping a man. That's what it is. It's idolatry. The first commandment is, you shall, you shall have no other gods before me. How can you make such blasphemous utterances? How? There's a massive boundary. Let me even say this. We don't worship our pastors. And you must be very careful in your honor of your pastor to draw the line where idolatry comes in. Because it's a very slippery slope. It's a thin line between honor and idolatry. There's a place where you cross over. Ah, someone is it's me. Yes, I, obviously. You can't say that. You can't even, you're not my son if you say that kind of thing. How can you say that kind of rubbish? How can you say that kind of rubbish? <laughs> you not see when, uh, what's this guy's name? Is it not Gabriel or whoever? No, the angel I was talking to John. Then John fell down to worship the worship the guy. And the guy said, ah, say, guy, I'm your brother. I'm your bro. Bro, we be bros. I'm your brother, guy. Now we did divide council together, please. Don't do not do this. Because you don't, you don't, only God is perfect. And because only God is perfect, only God is infinite, then he is the one that, that actually extracts the highest level of commitment, which is worship, from any being. In other words, your allegiance to God supersedes any, any being. Any other being in existence supersedes. So it's first to God, though. I only talk about loyalty. Your loyalty is first to God before it's to your pastor. Don't get it twisted. The day your pastor turns against God, Omar, you walk away. Let's get that one straight. There's no such thing as following your pastor into apostasy, following your pastor into rebellion. Your pastor rebels against God, that is clear. I, I, I'm telling you, I don't want anything to do with God or rebels against the core fundamentals of our faith. If you were there at when, when I taught um, gospel presentation, I listed about 11, 12. There are some of those things. Your pastor rebels against those, those, those tenets. Number one, it says something like um, that Jesus did not come in the flesh, that Jesus was not a man, God, was, God did not come as a man, or that Jesus was not God. Ah! He says it, says it, says it again. They try to correct him. He refuses. He starts to say things like that continuously. At that point, is is Baba. You are not, because that person now is, you can't be in allegiance to someone who is not in allegiance to Yahweh. You need to understand how this thing works. My allegiance to you as a man is because God honors you, because you are in alignment with Yahweh. The moment you are not, I'm not in alignment with you. If you understand this, yes, that's the truth. We're, we are in allegiance, first of all, to Yahweh and his word. That's the first allegiance. Paul will say, imitate me as I imitate. Was that Corinthians? Imitate me as I imitate Christ. In other words, your imitation of me is... So let me even say this. Your imitation of your pastor, all right, is to the degree or the scope of what he's supposed to do to you do with you from the word of God. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> it's to that scope. You don't imitate what, uh, <laughs> what is not from the word. You don't imitate what is not scriptural. Yes, you don't imitate that. There are things you don't do. For example, now, 
you start noticing your pastor has a habit when he's around the females in the ministry, he, he holds them by the waist. Ah. Ah. <laughs> they don't say me, we take that one. No? They don't send you me. Have sense. Have sense. Have sense. They didn't ask you to imitate that one. No? Or the one that I see. We, see, you know, I've said this thing to people. Don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. This, this one that I don't know how they were in the body of you are hug, hugging sisters on the front. I don't understand that wisdom. I don't understand how. And then sisters too. Sisters too like to. I don't know how some of them behave like. They they stretch out of full. So the sisters even the ones that will initiate it that will come with full frontal hug. What's wrong with you? Don't you understand your physiology? See, in Christ, there's only one kind of hug. It's called side hug. There's only one hug in Christ. That, that's it. Side hug. That's the only hug in Christ. Now, if he's a novice baby, that maybe, you know, there's some little, maybe newbie believers and all that, that, and I've seen it happen sometimes with me where some, you know, maybe someone listening to you for years and then they finally see you or something, and they don't know those things and they come and hug you from the front. If you're not fast enough to just turn into a side hug and they hug you, okay, fine. Let's just take that as strike one. You know what I'm saying? Strike one, like in the sense that, okay, for they don't know what they do. See like that. But when they do repete, that person is fighting your destiny. <laughs> repete lebo, they come again. Ah, pastor, pastor, pastor. Have sense now. Have sense. Exactly. Spin it. When they go, pastor, you too. You know, as they come like, pastor, you, you can come from the side. Like you can, you know what I'm saying? Can quickly, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, and then also get it's true. Please, in case you are here and you don't get the cue, Bible says clearly, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, what? Press down, shake it to your run, shall men give to your bosom. So just know that there are things that happen when bosoms touch. And so let's leave it like that. Just leave it like that. Let's leave it like that. Please. Have wisdom. This is how people get themselves into trouble. They get themselves into trouble. Please. So you don't do that. There are things that you don't do. Your allegiance is to the word. Is the word. It's true now. Is the word. I've always said it. Believers. See, I've realized this. I don't believers. And I know it happens. It's, it happens a lot where, you know, when you respect someone, you honor someone so much and all that, you you now become a swebe. Because of honor. You become dull. People do that and they become very dull. There's there's one case now of rape where what happened? The the holy holy ghost. <laughs> there's a case of I don't know whether these materials can go out. <laughs> there's a case. <laughs> there's a case of rape now. What happened? His honor message. He had the lady listen to honor message on honor ten times before and then told the lady come and see me in my house. How's that your wife is not inside? Come and see me in my house. And this work where two went. How does what does that have to do in Christ? In my house. Your wife is not what there's no business. You don't have any business going there. Especially when the wife is not around. It must be clear. My in fact, it should be both of them inviting you. Oh, come and see us. <laughs> come and see us. Yes. Come and see you. What's happen? Are you the savior? Even the savior too will not do that. 
come and see us. He went, she went, and then, of course, she went like that, and then the, 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 some, I have to be discreet in some of the details. But anyway, she went there, and then, of course, got raped. But what if no one had taught her this? Is a lie, oh. He won't tell me that no one has taught you, not taught you this. Sometimes, there yeah, are cases like that, I understand, but I'm talking about where teaching. What I'm even referring to is where teaching has gone on on the subject. You see, see like I'm saying now, for example. You see, as I'm saying like this, there are people that, that if I still call them, they'll stick up. That's the one that does, because there's this thing about, this almost this hero worship kind of thing that happens, you know. There's this hero worship kind of thing that tends to happen in circles like especially when people have influence over you that your thinking is suspended or you allow your thinking to be suspended you understand what i'm saying you're allowed to be suspended there are some things they don't have jurisdiction they don't the, a pastor that thinks he does not have authority he doesn't have authority over your post can't tell you yeah how much is your account uh, oh, yeah, bring it out bring it out withdraw it now put it in my hand oh yeah using the phone phone that your parents finished buying for you with labor and sweat. The pastor says, ah. Say, which phone is that? Ah. iPhone 15. Ah. And your pastor is using iPhone 10. Oh, yeah. Switch SIM card. Oh, yeah. Log out with your Apple ID. Oh, yeah. And then, who gave you such, that's, that's, that is, that is covetousness. Who gave you such authority as a pastor to do that? Who did? <laughs> An authority you don't have, or or a case like the case I had where a, a husband and wife, <laughs> the wife went to one church, the pastor told her God said you should drop your car, and then she too, she went. The husband had she just went, she carried car key and went to go and drop car. In church, thank God that husband has sense. The guy went to the church. Ah, he would have beaten that pastor that day. Went to the church, oh yeah, give my car key. And drove his car back. There's no such jurisdiction. You don't, as a wife, you cannot do that kind of thing. Your, your husband has authority over you in that sense. You don't do that. So I'm trying to show you that there's you, you don't because we don't we don't tend to get this that there's there's barriers, there's boundaries. There's boundaries. Your pastor, for example, cannot force you to lie. In fact, let me say this. Any pastoring that is that requires compulsion, that has compulsion in it, there's witchcraft inside. You don't compel as a pastor. The pastor doesn't compel. In other words, a pastor's word, a, a pastor's uh, a tool of whatever is the word, is influence a pastor uses. He does not use force. And the word is his rod of influence. It's through the word. Look at this. Your pastor seeks to influence you by the word. That's why your pastor will teach you. He will explain the word of God to, to you. He'll help you to see the will of God for you. And then based on that, your pastor will instruct. But the point is that instruction is not the same as compulsion. Compulsion is force. Do you get what I'm saying? It's not the same thing. You can be instructed, but to compel, to force, you know, it's not, it's not the word. We don't do that. Did you ever see Jesus doing that? It's true. That's all this is you do as a father. Have you ever seen Jesus doing that thing you want to do? Did you ever see the apostles do it? <laughs> There's a church I know like that. That's, there are church members. They flog church members. 
and your church members come come late. You flog church members. Where, where did you see that in the Bible? Flog. There's even a uh, there's a case now. You know, okay, people are too oh, too young to know Reverend King Abbey, who literally poured kerosene on his church members and lit them up to punish some of them. They used to be naked. You have the women naked in his church. You know, as funny. Or you've not seen some of those ones online. Thank God you've not seen them. Don't go and watch you. Where somebody is going to, they are going to, a uh, pastor is beating, beating women naked. Beating them. Like, who gave you such authority? Who gave you such authority? Where did it come from? These are people who just get deceived because they don't know the word of God. See, let me say this. Uh, the other the, the problem is that sometimes the way we've thought authority or honor is it seems like in such a way that it feels as if the pastor has become a god. He's not a god, though. He's like he's your guy. The only difference is because we honor and highly esteem. Do you understand? Esteem and honor is something we give to the person. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. And we do that because of the word of God. But it does not cross into the idolatry. That person is not a god. It's not a God. Set down in your mind. It's not a God. It's not a God. There are things they cannot tell you to do. Let me say again. There are things that a pastor cannot tell you to do. They can't. Idolatry. So even when we talk about honor, right? Honor and all these things that we do, it is not to a fault. It is not to... It's not... <laughs> how will I put it? Of course, there should be love you have for your pastor. There should be love the pastor should have for you as well. Are you with me? It's a two-way street. Love you should have for your pastor. Love your pastor should have for you. But it's not idolatry. Are you with me? It's not idolatry. It's not, it's not worship. You understand? It's not worship. You know, the God that we worship, we worship God to the T. Like everything he says we do, that's God. Thankfully, we know the God we worship, so we are. We know His nature is consistent, so we know there are things He will never tell us to do because of who He is. Do you understand? But the truth is, our worship is the highest loyalty. No matter what He says to do, we do. That's worship. You don't give that to any man. No man deserves that. No man deserves that. I'm saying I know I'm saying this, and I keep on saying this. No man deserves that. So when we say, for example, covering the nakedness of your pastor, I'm not talking about what is out there where um, your pastor becomes is unaccountable, can do any kind of evil, can do do and undo, and then nobody holds him or her accountable. Nobody, um, you know, no. What we are saying here is it's a consideration, a matter of consideration where. You should factor it into your commitment to Christ through men that the men you are commit, committed to are fallible, are imperfect. Are you seeing that? That the men that you are committed to are what? Are fallible. They are imperfect. And so what that looks like is the fact that they will make mistakes. And I will say this, that if you are the kind of person who has idolized your pastor, you, I mean, idolizing them, you deify them. In other words, many people, uh, that fan worship that they do is also in a sense, is the pedestal you put the person on is too high. 
So what that means looks like is that this person can do no wrong. This person is perfect. This person is this person. There's this way we look at it. Think about it. And that's why when a pastor messes up, many people's faith plunges. Many congregation members, their faith also takes a nosedive because your pastor made a mistake. Because your faith was on the pastor, your you somehow you idolize the person. You've put the person where God never intended to put that person. On a pedestal. Now it says esteem highly. But within the boundaries of common sense, within the boundaries of the word, within the boundaries of wisdom. It's true. That's how you esteem highly now. That this is a man. There's a scope of that. He's a man. Yes, now. <laughs> He's a man. So, you know, when you understand your pastor is a man, you to help him now. Help your pastor. Help your pastor. The pastor that just preached seven to you and just told you about boundaries, tomorrow is calling you say, ah, when will you come and see me now? Eh? When will you come and see me now? Uh -uh. It's been a while. We've not fellowship together in a while. Come now, come and see me. Asking you, yeah, come now. And then the kind of schedule is giving you, and the place is asking to meet him. Is not, is it, is it, is it, at the office, I've been, no, no, not the office, not the office. You know, there are things I really want to share with you. And the office is too, you know. Oh, you mean your homes are, no, 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 not my home, not my home, not not the house, not the house. You understand? There's a, there's a place I think I would like to meet, it's a Maryland area or something. You know? Sir, uh, sir uh, is your PA going to be there? No, 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 no. My PA is not. He won't be available that day. Sir, how about your wife? Ah, no. My wife said, no, my wife actually is even the one that told me that she, that this is a matter. Because I told her she, she would come. And she said, no, that uh, this, this matter needs to be dealt with personally. That, you know, they say that kind of thing. That, that's when this brain that God gave you should go to work. See, this thing on your head, this thing should not go to waste. Put your hand on your head and say, this brain should not go to waste. It should not go to waste. Some people just waste this thing inside their head. It should not go to waste. Save your pastor, because what's happening at that point is that the guy is, on, his temptation is, I know there's, um, there's other cases like that. His person is probably under attack. Yes, temptation. That person is, is under temptation and he's succumbing to temptation. But the problem these days we have is that people have so idolized their pastors that now they also have fantasies about their own pastor. It's just madness. It's, it's madness. It's, it's madness. It's true. It's madness. So you have to, oh, Holy Spirit. <laughs> so weakness is going to be part and parcel of human beings. Now, the pastor is supposed to be an example to the flock. The Bible is clear about that. I, I did a video on that some days back also on IG. The pastor is meant to be an example to the flock. All right? Meaning that even in conduct, in behavior, your pastor should be an example. Do you understand? He should be an example. Let me even say, even when it comes to falling, you know this thing they fall. Say, I fell. People don't just fall. I hope you know. People don't just fall. Stop, stop lying. So I just fell. 
He's the devil. No, okay, it used to be the devil those days. He says he's the devil. Even if it's whether devil or not, people don't just fall. People fall gradually. Let me put it like that. You condone temptation. You understand? That's why there's no something, no something as small sin. Small, there's no small sin. Sin grows. You get what I'm saying? So sin is not small. Sin is potential. Do you see that? Sin is not small. Sin is potential. Sin has potential to grow. That's how sin is. There's no small sin. Sin will grow. If you give room to sin, sin will grow. See that? Sin will grow. That's what usually happens with sin. Sin will grow. And when sin grows, <laughs> people don't just fall. But the point is that because every, Bible says temptation is common to man, everyone will be tempted. Bible says everyone is dragged off by his desires and enticed. So, in other words, if your pastor is a human being, he falls into the category. He will have desires, all right, and if he's not careful, he will yield to those desires and he will, he will tempt himself or he will allow himself to be tempted. You understand what I'm saying? So, you must factor this in your service that the person that you are, you know, that is pastoring you or serving you, all right, in the gospel is fallible. We'll make mistakes. You know, sometimes, if, have you not noticed your own brain? This is your brain. You know, if we carry your brain now and cut it open and expose it to everybody here, yeah, you know you'd be so ashamed, right? If we just expose your thoughts from the past 24 hours, how many of you can boldly say that you don't mind having the thoughts you've thought in the past 24 hours exposed to all of us? How many of you can boldly say that? That... If we take all the thoughts of the past 24 hours and expose them, that's the th you know, when we say thoughts, we're talking about thoughts, you know, pictures, right? Everything that has gone through, right? If you are bold enough, you can just indicate so that we can pray for you and everything. Obviously. So the point is that your pastor is a human being. So your pastor will have weaknesses. And if he's going to have weaknesses, then that means you also have to. And by the way, there are things you do for your pastor. Let me even say this. One of the ways you honor and help your pastor is prayer. We'll soon go into a series of prayer. It's prayer. Let me say this. Because Jesus said it like this. He says, pray that you fall not into what? Temptation. Right? Pray you fall not into temptation. To tell you clearly that the way... You avoid. It's not just about you know the Bible says that there's no temptation that is common to man, or there's no temptation that anyone faces that is not common to man, but that God will create a way of escape. But that same Bible also tells you clearly that prayer is the way of escape, or prayer is how you are strengthened against temptation. So if a person, one of the ways you set yourself up is when you don't have a prayer life. One of the ways you set yourself up, yes, prayer strengthens you against temptation. Like now, this one that many people, um, them, oh, pornography, pornography, whatever. go and fry yourself inside prayer. That pornography will die. Masturbation, masturbation, all these other things. Go and fry yourself in a prayer life. I'm not talking about the one that you prayed. That your one-hour prayer will not go anywhere, my friend. By now, you know, by now you should know yourself. You should actually know when prayer saturates you. You should know when you've prayed to a point. You, like you should know what prayer does to you. And you should know the effects of prayer on you. And you should know, okay, that in my own life, when I pray to this point consistently, I realize there are some things that I'm above. You should know. 
So me, I know what one hour prayer will do for me. Me personally. I know what one hour prayer will do for me. But I also know what three hours prayer does for me. If I do it consistently. I notice that there's a kind of, and I get to maybe the four hour prayer mark consistently, I know that there's a type of temptation that just dies. I notice. So you should know. You should actually know. And not just praying absent-mindedly, but prayer that also is happening when you are invested in the word. Prayer and the word. You should know. You should know. So that thing you are dealing with, whatever, is not, it's not hopeless. It's just that there's a price you have to pay to express Christ and deal with that situation. It's true. You say, ah, this... <laughs> Let me leave that. So nakedness again is is these are going to be areas where your pastor has slipped off, or your pastor has weaknesses, and so honor also is expressed in the way you deal with your pastor's weaknesses. Honor is expressed in the way you deal with your pastor's weaknesses. Are you seeing that? And that's why I spoke about idolatry first, because if you've idolized your pastor in your heart. When they fall, you won't be able to take it. You know, it's like Jesus, for example. Imagine you hear that Jesus messed up. Just imagine that you hear ah, that Omo, you couldn't take it. Oh, Jesus went to go and do. Now, him and Mary Magdalene did something. Oh. Ah, <laughs> it's over for us. It's finished. That's our savior. <laughs> if our savior can mess up, what about <laughs> what about us? We are finished. Do you get? Like it's a massive deal. You get what I'm saying? It's a massive deal. Because that's the Savior. That's literally, that's God, literally. One of the evidences that he was God is that he lived a sinless life. That's a massive evidence that he was God. He lived a sinless life. Like at every point he was tempted yet without sin. That's a massive indicator that he's God. Do you get? But it's different when it's your pastor. It's different. No, you are dealing with the human beings. As I said, this sin is sin exists because human beings are not perfect. There is no perfection with us. We're not perfect. So you, because you are not perfect, you are prone to misbehave or mess up. You are prayers. It's a possibility. It's within the range of possibilities that you will do something. Yeah, you will do something wrong eventually. Yes, you will. Thanks to what we inherited from Adam, this body. This body, you will, you will do something. And so we know by what the Bible teaches that by the power of the Spirit, we can actually, to a very, if not extremely large extent, we can mortify the deeds of the what? Of the flesh. We can actually like subdue the flesh by the power of the Spirit. By the word, we can subdue the flesh. But the point is that you are not God. You are not God. So you will make mistakes. And the Bible is replete with such things. For example, we see people like um, Noah. What did Noah do? This is Noah that just got after he just wrote the ark. After that, what the Bible say? The Bible says he got drunk. Next thing, he got drunk. He just finished. The next thing, he got wine. He got drunk. Moses, we know Moses is on anger. My guy is a charging bull. Guy gets angry. Judah, you know Judah now. That emoji, women. David, women. Because of women, David killed somebody. Yes. 
Come some woman, David kills someone. Think about it. David had, you know, when the prophets came to actually accuse David, he said, God said, is he woman that is the problem? He said, if he, you know, God was even saying, it's not like God is God's best for you to have more than one wife. But God was saying, is he woman? If you wanted more, he said, I would have given you. And I've given you. But look at all the conspiracy. It's just the guy has been okay. Just one day, he's just walking, walking on, and just sees one woman. That's where all the wala started. And that that problem did not end in it. You know that that's where David's major problem started. That woman. And you know that problem did not die <laughs> because part of his, the, the punishment was that the people, those of his own household, were going to turn against him. And you saw that play out with these guys, with his own sons. We saw that play out. Ha. It, it didn't stop. So David, with all the uprightness of his heart, something still, some comma, still happened. Solomon, women. One thousand of them. Voila. Abraham, lying. Why are you lying? Hmm? Abraham, they, Abraham lies with conviction. He, he lies with persuasion. The guy, he, he, the way he lies, eh? Abimelech, he said, oh, who is that primary girl? Oh, it's my sister. The guy, Abimelech believed him. Pharaoh believed him. They had, say, wow. He was so con convinced. Guy, they lie. Isaac too. He followed his father. Lies. Jacob, that one. Jacob, Jacob would be a politician if he was living. You know. Yeah. Jacob, that one. In fact, his name <laughs> right from the womb. Jacob's own is that he didn't deliver us. In fact, if he was now, maybe they would have cast us of devils from Jacob. From the womb. You know what happened first now? And from the womb. <laughs> I oh. think he's either he tried to choke his own head out first and then they sent him back inside. But when he came out, he was holding onto the leg of a hair. He was holding onto the leg of Esau. From the <laughs> from the womb, my guy was trying to <laughs> Supplanter. He was a liar, a crook. That guy was, <laughs> you know, poor. You know, this arguable though, short temper. Peter, ah, denied Jesus with his full chest. They say he even rained curses on himself. Said if I know, say if I know Jesus, may God punish me. If if I have ever seen this guy with my two eyes. May my children's children never see goodness. May they die early. That's what this guy was doing. <laughs> yes. Of course, we see Judas now. That one. Sold the Lord. He sold his own Lord. <laughs> so, the point is that all these men of God, that all that God has is imperfect men, imperfect vessels. So if in your heart you don't leave room somewhere that oh my, this my emoji can mess up and will mess up eventually oh, in some area. Now there are degrees of it. There are degrees of messing up. But there should be someone in your heart that this person will make mistakes. Yes. Make mistakes. 
and what they do. Now, it's not all the kids are talking about maybe big scandalous scenes or sexual scenes or whatever. Sometimes it's just the way they mishandle you or the way they talk to you. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's some things that maybe they could have handled better. There are things they could have done better in your life. It's true. They are, they are human beings. And you must learn to give them grace. That's what we're talking about. That's the angle we're coming from in covering their nakedness. You must learn to give them grace. And in that sense, there are things you don't do. For example, let's look at Uncle Saul. Saul was a... Saul is the guy who became king. And we know what he did to David. In fact, if anybody had the, had the so-called, like, you know, the kind of thing all of us would get, where if you do it, we will all get, like, say, oh, no, David, you tried. This guy messed up. It was David. Saul chased that guy for years, for no reason. David had the chance to cut, to kill him in a cave. Just imagine how this thing is. <laughs> You know, you don't pray that. <laughs> what prayer would do? Your enemies will fall into your lap. This guy literally was Saul is chasing David. Then of all things, Saul now says, I want to, I want to take a, a do a number two. Say see cave there. They are searching everywhere for this guy. They can say see cave there. And it didn't even occur to him more. They can be in that cave. But I guess it's pressing, pressing, you know, urgency. The guy leaves his soldiers, he goes into the cave, and then just imagine this guy is doing it, right? And then all the men is chasing her inside that same cave. <laughs> just watching the guy quietly. The guy removes bell, removes everything, just watching the guy, watching the guy. And then they say, ah, one says, oh, David, it's God that has given him to you. Just, just go and cut his head. <laughs> so, David goes there and then just cuts the side of his garment. Just cuts a, a piece. And David now feels bad for doing that. And the reason he gives is because he says, this is God's word. Anointed. This guy is still on the throne. This is still God. Like, like or not, he still carries that office. He's a bad man, but he's still God's man. And David honors the man. David doesn't... Several chances he had... To slay the man he did not. This nakedness that he was covering was massive. Where somebody is even hurting you, is against you. Do you know what this means? If you think about this, yes. You know, because this is a case whereby the person who is supposed to be helping you coaching you, mentoring you, teach is against you. This one is not, he's against you, he's slandering you openly, you are hearing it. And you still maintain your disposition of honor. That's what we mean by covering the person's nakedness. You are not, in other words, you are, you, you leave room for that person's fallibilities. This is a man see that you must you must be very deliberate about that because they'll make mistakes they'll make mistakes and there's something that david said when um let me see if i can find that text it says 
Um, let's see. Hmm. Yes, Second Samuel verses one, chapter one. Sorry, verses nineteen. Second Samuel chapter one, verses nineteen. Look at it from verse seventeen. Then David chanted. This is after he killed the guy that came to tell him that that Saul was dead. And that's how you, if I let's even look at that text, because you're going to see how, just look at the honor and how he covered so. So, um, let's see from verse 1. After the death of Saul, then they returned from defeating Amalekites. He stayed at Ziklag for two days. On the third day, a man arrived from the camp of Saul with his clothes torn and death on his head. When he approached David, the man threw himself onto the ground. David asked, Where are you coming from? He said, I've escaped from the camp of Israel. David inquired, how were things going? Tell me. People fled from the battle and many of them fell dead. Even Saul and his son are dead. David says to the young man who was telling him this, how do you know that Saul and his son are dead? The young man who was telling him said this, I happened to be on Mount Gilboa and came across Saul leaning on his spear for support. The chariots and leaders of the husband were in hot pursuit of him. When he turned around and saw me, he called out to me and he answered, I said, here I am. He said to me, who are you? I am an Amalekite. He said to me, stand over me and finish me off. I'm very dizzy, even though I'm still alive. So I stood over him and put him to death. Since I knew that he couldn't live in such a condition, then I took the crown on his head and the bracelet, which was on my arm. I brought them here to my Lord. David then grabbed his own clothes and told them, as all the men who were with him, look at this, this is the person has been trying to kill you for, for years. Literal years. This person made you a fugitive, an exile. You ran away from your own house, your own family. You've been running. You've been running for years. You've not had a place to just call your home because of this guy. <laughs> you even ran to where your enemies were. And later, if we went with teach on sacred space, you will understand why there was a massive deal that he had to run away from Israel. Because for them, Israel is the Lord's portion. If you remember what happened in Babel, in Babel when the nations were divided, right? Israel is the Lord's portion. So all the other nations outside are where the end, like those are like hostile territories where the Lord is not. That's the idea. So this is so if you you see in the sounds when he was talking, how he was lamenting. He was lamenting because he was not in in divine territory. You get he was not under. So that's that that same evil forest spooky vibe of of um that place I was done Caesarea Philippi. That's the same vibe, and he was lamenting. So this is what somebody has forced you to do. For how many years? Yeah, to hear that the guy is dead and see what he's saying. He said, yeah, he asked me, who are you? I told him I'm an Amalekite. He said to me, stand over me and feel, okay, sorry. Then, Lambert and wept and fasted. They fasted. Did you see that? They stayed away from food till evening because Saul and his son Jonathan, the lost people and the house of Israel had fallen by the sword. It was, they were devastated. So, it tells you something that we don't rejoice even when the people that we, um, even the people that stress us in the Lord, <laughs> we don't rejoice when evil happens to them. Let's say somebody that resisted you, resisted you, resisted you, resisted what God was doing to you and everything. You, you do not now rejoice 
because something bad has happened to them. So David said to the, the young man who told him, say, where are you from? He said, I'm an Amalekite, the son of a resident foreigner. David replied to him, how is it that you were not afraid to reach out to your hand to destroy the Lord's anointing? You know what's in the vex, David? David is like, I've had this opportunity how many times? And I'm even the next king, according to God. I never took it. Then you from nowhere. And the fact that you're not, he asked him, who are you? So even if it was an honor killing, you're not even of God's people. You are a foreigner. <laughs> How is that you're not afraid to reach out and destroy Lord? And then David called Sudan and the kid come here and strike him. And so he struck him down and he died. Say, your blood be on your own head. Your own mouth has testified against you, saying, I have put the Lord's anointed to death. The point is, you can see, someone say, David, why now? David. My point is, see the way David treated somebody that was after his life. Yes, when the Bible calls David a man after God's heart, you need to understand what David was doing. No? These are the things that God will see and say, ah, this is a man after my heart. This is why David can be a pattern. Even for the Messiah that will come. So, uh, then he lamented and all that. But look at what he says. He started crying and all that. After the whole song. But look at verse 20. He says, don't report it in Gath. Don't spread the news in the streets of Ashkelon or the daughters of the Philistines will rejoice. The daughters of the uncircumcised will celebrate. Are you seeing that? So what's he saying? He's saying we don't broadcast misfortune or, or, or shameful things that happen to our leaders. We don't broadcast it. The last thing that should happen is for you to begin to because this is family business. Huh? Uh, now, these these days, now these days, for example, we have, I, I see it all the time. You see a case where, now, because, you know, the, the worst thing that's happened to us and the best thing is this thing called the phone. It's this thing here. This thing called the phone. Because now you see that there are people are filming everything. No? <laughs> They're filming everything. And they don't care. A person, I, I saw a case where there was, there was a lady that the, the, literally someone was beating up. She was completely stripped naked and he was beating up and they are recording her. He's recording. That, that's the worst. And then they will post it online. They will post it online. There's a case. A pastor comes back and finds his wife cheating on him with her brother. And the first thing that comes to your mind is to carry phone and record it. This is your wife. It's not a goat that you brought it from outside. It's your wife. But the first thing that you have in mind is to bring out your phone and record it. And release it online. This is what's happening. with. It's crazy. Like, you know, if, if nothing, is it that we cannot descend the Lord's body? You just pick it up and put it out there. And the same thing. There are people that don't. There's no, there's no fear. This one, it says God's anointed. So we're not afraid. People are not afraid anymore. They're not afraid. So you hear this happen with your pastor. You heard it happen. Ah. Then you now, you know how people do it. You now want to verify. 
say, ah, did it happen? Then you go and verify with someone who doesn't know anything about it. And that's how they do that. You, yeah, I just say gossip. Stop lying to yourself. You're not verifying Jack. I just say gossip. Say, tell it not in God. Public. See, let me. Uh, there's things that should die with you. There's knowledge. There's information that should die with you. There's things you hear that should end with you. As you've heard it, it has died. Then you warn the person. Say, this thing. If you tell a muscle, say, shut up. Because you don't understand people don't you know the devil we think the devil the devil the, the, the devil fights dirty he knows how to fight his slander is one of his biggest weapons slander ah if you see the damage slander can do the bible says anyone who is overcome with a fault spiritual men should restore with meekness that's what the bible teaches so even if your pastor is overcome with a fault, something, now let me see, I'm talking about stuff that is not criminal law. There are things that are criminal law. <laughs> a criminal offense is not, that one is against the land. <laughs> That's against the government. That's not what I'm talking about too. <laughs> Rape is a criminal offense. It's criminal. That one is not, that one is not, it's not sorry they used to settle rape. <laughs> it's not let me say it again it's not sorry they used to say to rape it's a criminal offense let me say it clearly for everyone to hear it's not sorry they used to say to that one it's criminal that's what it is that one is what it is it's criminal <laughs> but there are things for example that are for example, consensual it's not rape and everything I would say if anyone is overcome with the fault, spiritual men should restore with meekness. And one of the things I've shared in the past is that there should be a, that the, the way to escalate issues that, like for example, if there's something that, you know, for example, the Bible also shows, like now look at how David relates with Saul, where Saul is wrong, but you notice that David even when David confronts Saul, there's a way he does it though. If you go and read, I don't have time for that. If you go and read, go and read where after he cut his cloth, how he still mentioned Bible says he kept on bowed his head. He bowed if after cutting the cloth, when he came and showed himself to Saul, he bowed his head to Saul. He still reverenced him. He still honored him. Because some people don't understand that when it comes to authority, you don't you you confront authority by appealing. You don't, yes. You confront authority by appealing. It's different. Are you with me? Authority over you is not. You confront authority by appeal and appeal. Are you with me? appeal or what's that word is a petition a request you you don't come with like you know with aggression you don't come with you don't come with a you know you don't come in rudeness you don't come you won't get anything out of authority that way and it's just because of the order so you come you appeal so notice is him 
this guy is chasing him to kill him, yet he still gives him that place. He still gives him that place. He still appro- his approach is still honorable. That's how he does it. Now, when a pastor misbehaves, yes, for example, let's let's use Yen for example. There is me, all right, as a set man. There's my wife, all right, who is like a co-pastor, in a sense, but I'm the one who is in charge. Then I ha- you have the other pastors who are, you know, who are also co-pastoring alongside, but in the hierarchy, they are, they are you know, they serve under, under me. Then you have the other, maybe for example, assistants, and then you have the workers, and then you have the. In a case whereby something goes wrong, something goes wrong. A case whereby something goes out of hand with, and let's just say it's me, and you know, you know, we like to say, God forbid, to distance me to God forbid, uh, but it's always important to establish those things. But in a case like that, where there's something out cause, something wrong something bad, something. The, the first, you need to understand that there's, there's what we call conflict resolution. The goal should be to resolve the issue. So, how does it work? Well, first of all, ah, if it's something, okay, let me use a case whereby, okay, let me use, because many times when we talk about something but everyone thinks about sex. But let's talk about, for example, money, scandal. Money scandal, right? Let's say I started, I started dealing in crypto. I said I'm doing crypto universe. Cryptoverse, and uh, that if you put your money here, you'll get your you'll get your money doubled in thirty days. So you came and dropped your money, and after thirty days, I now tell everybody that it has crashed. Too. <laughs> that <laughs> I tell something like that, and then money no deal. What are the means or measures by which you resolve that conflict? Well, the first thing is you try to appeal. So I need my money. I need <laughs> I need my money. I'm a major. I need my money. You know what? The pastor starts talking about say, you know, but you knew that. See, this was, I told you that. No refund. No refund. No refund. Ah, okay. <laughs> the next the next thing is not is not to go it's not police next. that's not the next thing it's not police I'm gonna say hey, okay although I think a person that chooses to be that stupid should take what is coming to him <laughs> but let's just say in a case like that you're dealing with um okay the next thing is the elders all right. For example, there are the other pastors that you can talk to. This issue I'm experiencing. See, 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 see. He said the money don't jackpot. The money has grown wings. It doesn't. I cannot return the money. Uh-huh. <laughs> then what they can now do is they will now come in a united front. Uh, sir, can we have a meeting with you? Okay. So there's the case of Lucozed boost versus you, whereby you Lucozed invested his money on Tifilo Sunday. It was whether it's money with you and so and so and so happened. And I said, eh, eh, but it's gone, it's gone. Nothing I can do, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone. Okay. Uh-huh. I am not talking an honest mistake. I'm talking about where we know the money is not gone because you can see a brand new car you just bought. 
exactly. I see, uh, the money is truly gone into that car. <laughs> it's truly gone into. We can see something. We saw that you moved after that. You moved. And you entered in a nice duplex. We saw. Yes, we saw that before you know you bought a gold ring. We saw, yes. We saw that, yes, we saw something. We saw that the shoes you are wearing have changed. We saw. We have seen clearly, yes. We are clearly seeing that the money is still is with us. It has not fully gone. <laughs> you say there's nothing I can do. And the elders come and then they say, sir, kini 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 ko, alpha, please return to your fellow Sunday's money. And and the pastor says, "See, you people, eh? You're going to punish all of you. Claim, my friend, my eh? I said the money is not there. You see, I'm flashing my hand as having gold ring everywhere. <laughs> the money is not there. Oh yeah, no Allah. Eh? Uh -huh. Because the Bible clearly says that. If I let me even show you the resolution." Let me show you the 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 resolution uh, template that Jesus gave us. Uh, I saw that scripture recently. Where is that scripture? Where he said, um, "Tell the elders, uh, tell it to the church." Uh, yeah, that should be Matthew eighteen verse fifteen. I see Matthew 18, verse 15. Uh, if your brother sins, let me add including the pastor, because the pastor is a brother. If your brother sins, go and show his, him his fault when the two of you are alone. If he listens to you, you have regained your brother. Are you seeing? This is what Jesus said about this disputes. You show your brother his fault. And I was going to meet the person that wronged you. In this case, your pastor, meet your pastor that wronged you. Showed him his fault. This is it. You did this and all that. Pastor says, ah, okay, I'm sorry. If he can reconcile, he returns, you know, maybe he returns the money. If he does that, it ends there. But if he does not, what? Listen. See that? That's where the magic starts to happen. <laughs> if he does not listen, take one or two others with you. So that at the testimony of two or three what witnesses, every matter may be established. Have you seen this? This is a matter of evidence. So they are supposed to go with you to to one either see if they can resolve it together, but if they cannot, to bear witness to what you are doing. So in this case, we are talking about in, like yeah, our system would be you go with the, maybe you go with the elders, you tell the elders of the church. And the elders are talking about the other pastors. Then they go with you, or something, or they go. Then, but is if they refuses, is what? At the matter, what testimony with every matter is established. They establish that among this person refuses to, and this is how you do it for other people. But the it also matters to the pastor. Verse seventeen: If he refuses to listen, notice if he refuses. So if he listens, ah, let's even say the pastor's corner the money or something. If he listens. Say, so I've seen though. Uh, you not can answer discussing payment plan. <laughs> How to pay the money back or something. But if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to what? The church. You see that? So, is the church. So, the church there is the authority in the church. The leadership. 
So, obviously, in this case, where the leadership itself has come and the pastor refuses. Uh -huh, it's time to escalate it. Yes, you escalate it. Because what do you do with that? You escalate it. In this case, you take it up. And that's why your pastor should have other accountability um, structures around him or her, including other brothers and sisters in the Lord, like other pastors in the Lord, contemporaries, and other spiritual authorities in his or life. For example, a spiritual father. If you use that. Yes, you should know. We should know that this is the, you know, scale of resolution. But then, as uh, aside from that, well, that's another discussion we can have later. There are some churches that also have what we call a board, a church board, where because there are different structures of church government. There are cases where the the pastor is not the there's the other uh, whatever. But that's a Think that that seems to be the best anyway one of the best not always the best and everything but then the point is that if the pastor will not listen right is unrepentant and then keeps on but then that's when authority outside the church steps in the pastor let me be as i said you bring you know in fact there was a case of a pastor that he was being improper with some females in the church and when he was confronted that this was it he 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 kept on refusing to listen he kept on he kept on bringing waves oh this they came to him they met him they tried different ways tried even other the guy refused that one rather than taking correction the person rather left the church and actually went to start a new one has abandoned the old one abandoned the people that were complaining and went and started a new one. And people like that. Uh -huh. So, and because the Bible even tells yourself that, that do you, why would you even take a brother to court? So I don't think the brother, even, the Bible even favors taking the pastor to court or something. It doesn't favor that really if you think about it. However, uh, may I will just leave it there that a crime is a crime. If after you've done all this one and the pastor still no one here, what? I, I, I can't really, I'm not on the, for, for the record, I'm not going to say what happens next. <laughs> I will say what happens next, especially when they don't dupe you finish. They collected 14 million from you. Ah, it is well. Oh. On one hand, you can forgive and forget. It is well. On the other hand, let me just leave it there. It is what. <laughs> but I'm saying that there's a conflict, there's a system of conflict resolution. Are you with me? So I would say, what I would say to you is that after you've pursued this other, anyway, the Bible actually says, after this, they treat the person like a gentile or a tax collector, like an unbeliever. And in this case, for example, that's when they call, or do what we call excommunication for no one member, where they put the person out of the church. Yeah, so let, let's just leave it like that. So as they were saying, John Wick, excommunicado. Uh -huh. Ex, you watch too much nonsense. So <laughs> excommunicado. Uh -huh. Exactly. So yeah, we're talking about the um the so covering the nakedness, covering the nakedness understand that they have faults and accommodating or like let's say preparing 
knowing very well that it is very possible that you may be the recipient of such you know fault you may be the one person that suffers the short end of the stick so you have to have that in mind as you relate to authority if the only time you the authority is when they do everything right then that thing is not honor honor will take account of the flaws of authority as well all right honor will take account of the flaws of authority as well you know to do what they are doing all right and the next one is ministering to the needs of your pastor ministering to your pastor's fiscal or material needs all right um let me see we did this i think we took time to do this the last time we dealt with honor that was before i think that was in august right so um is there anything i can go through here Well, I think I really spent time on that, and um, I don't want to spend because there are other things I want to tackle today. Um, but by now, you should know that texts like Galatians six verse six, let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. In other words, if you are if you are taught the word of God, your response is supposed to be to respond with material things. That's what the word of God expects from you that you respond materially. If you are taught the word of God, if you are like what of God is shared with you and taught, you should have a habit, a culture of also reciprocating by substance, by natural things. It's abnormal for a believer to be in Christ Jesus and does not have a track record of honor with substance. Like I said, you say you don't have money, but it's not it's not only money now. So there's no money. But you ate today, didn't you? Abisha, you ate. It's true now. You ate. <laughs> you ate. So you should be thinking like that. Yes. And you know when you eat, you know how you eat now. You don't just eat anyhow, kind of thing. You take your time, sit down, you order, right? You order. Yeah, I even used to think it was Jumia food. Nah, I know that. I didn't even know there's something called child deck. I just found out today. <laughs> I don't know. Yesterday I found out that there's something called I've been seeing the whatever. I say, what is this? Yesterday I found out it's an app. I say, are you serious? <laughs> to add to my inventory, child deck. So this is this is the magic. And <laughs> seeing at the rate at which some people are using it, people that I know are using it, you know, consistently, it means that there's something something about that app that is making them abandon all the other ones. So I have to go and look into it. <laughs> But the truth, you know good things, don't you? You do, you know good things, you know. So I, you, I agree you don't have money. It's true. We're all broke. No, you are broke. Sorry. Yeah, but you don't have money. Eh? But is that how you always are? No. There are other things. It's your substance. Substance is not just cash. Substance is kind as well. Yes. <laughs> when you minister materially. Ah, in those days, we won't kill our pastor now. <laughs> In those days, one we want our pastor would have been a martyr by now, because of the way we won't kill our pastor those days. As he's coming out with a chuck something for him, as he finish service like this, sir, thank you. Uh, and let me visit. That should not. That's not a bad custom at all. That's not a bad custom at all. When you, you, you there's a you know there's this the, the 
there's a wicked culture. And I'll call it the wicked culture where appearing empty handed. And I wonder where you get that from. No. It's a wicked culture. You should learn to know. Yeah, yeah, you don't get money. It's true, you don't get money. But there's ah, there's one place I like going. When I go there like that. There's one particular lady. A very wicked lady. Very, very wicked. She just chook shit. Just fine shit. And chook like you know. Just chook shit like inside a bag. Just new shit. Just chook it inside the bag. Say, what is all this one again? Just, just collect this one. It's true now. You know the things that you should know. For example, do you know your pastor's shoe size? Yes. Can you say can you say your pastor's shoe size off your head? Of hand? Do you know the size of their, their clothes size? It's true now. Do you know it? Do you know what your pastor likes to eat? <laughs> These are things that you should know. It's not this is not idolatry. Your pastor is God does not eat. In fact, honoring like this is even evidence that it's not idolatry because God does not eat. <laughs> but God likes substance too. God doesn't eat, but your pastor does. It's true now. It does. What is the shirt size? What does your pastor like? Do you know? Do you know? You should know now because it's not always about the cash. There are other things you can do in the natural. I think we looked the other time at running errands for the anointed. There's that part, running errands. And if maybe if you are, you know, that's one, but it doesn't take away this other one, which is where you should. Ah, you know your pastor. One year, one year, one year. Someone is telling me that that's much. <laughs> you see, you are not even updated, self. You are not because I've left that realm. I've left that realm. You are not updated. You are not updated at all. I've left that. I've left that realm. Uh, that that used to be my favorite, but for the sake of of health. I've heard that things I don't do anymore. I've, there are sins I have stopped committing for the sake of health, you know. Uh -huh. So, like I said, you should you should definitely do that. You should know. You should know. You should know. You should know, and it should be something that you do from time to time. From time to time. So I'm talking to you, my own, to my own pastor, my own, my own, and there's there's my own. You know, and another thing is that honor should be planned. I've said before that honor should be planned for. <laughs> because when you want a new phone, I know some of you, many of you also, you know what you do now when you want a new phone? You start to save. You save to become a savior. You will save and save. You The way you will save, eh? it will save you eh, when you really want your own. Eh? So you should also have it in mind that, no, I want to honor my pastor. So you save. You save. You take time. Pile up. You know, save. It's true now. You see, there are many things you should know. You should know. <laughs> Those that are taught, um, it says, uh, what's that? Look at First Samuel chapter nine, verse five to ten. Now, verse seven, because he wanted to go and see the prophet. Saul wanted to go and see Samuel, but look how he said in verse seven. Saul said to his servant, "If we go, what shall we give the man?" What can we give the man? The food in our sacks is gone. We have no gift to take to the man of God. What do we have? Are you seeing that? 
So he knows that this is even from the scriptures. You don't just go like that. No people like, hey, I want counseling. You know how to call your pastor. I want, you have to learn. Even popular pastor Jerezi had to say, imagine some people will come all the way from uh, the US to come and get killed. They will literally book a flight and fly down. I'm dying. I'm dying, my God. I'm dying. Pray for me. I'm so entitled. And he said, usually he wants to ask them, please, when you were coming from America, is it that on the road they did not sell bread <laughs> for you to buy and chuck in your box and be coming? Is it that, you know? It's true. It's true. Like people don't understand. It's true. You can't you don't just go empty handed. This is how we're taught to. Now, it doesn't mean your pastor should look for those things. No. We do it from an open heart. For yourself. Haba. Haba. A whole month to pass. From all the things. I don't have money. I don't have money. Let me see this. I, I double dog dare you. You can't check your alerts. You know bank alerts now. Check your bank alerts. Check your bank statement for this month. For last month as well. How much of the money inside there made its way to God's house? How much of it made its way to your pastor? So people need to check three months' bank statement. Three months. He said, no, no, there's no money. But yes, I'm There's no money. But he went out there. You know, some people, there's no money. But he entered Uber. You know, some people, some people they are definitely sure there's no money. But they are jumping Uber. See, there's no money looks like trekking. There's no money looks like fighting conductor in the bus to get somewhere. That's that's what no money looks like. It's true. If you do, if you, there's no money. There's no money, but you you went to Ireland. <coughs> no, it's not true. The problem is honor in your heart. That's the problem. That's the problem. There's always an excuse for you not to do that. For, for me, my own, my own is systematic. For example, anything that enters my hand financially, there's already a system in place. It, I, I, me, I deal percentage-wise. As it enters my account, there's a percentage that goes to my pastor straight. That's how I do my own. I know someone here that does that does it that way too. That's how it is. As it hits my account, I already have an allocation. Straight before I do any other thing, my pastor straight. That's how I do it. So that one, I'm not. I'm not teaching what I don't practice first hand in that case. But even if I don't practice it, you see the word of God. <laughs> but I was telling you, yes. It should be an there's a lot, but that's what I do. That's what I do. Yes. It should be abnormal for you to just, just go. You always want to collect, collect. You don't know how to minister to your minister to your emoji. It should be abnormal. Ah, there's some people I like them. Like me now, I don't take all this coke and fanta stuff. I don't know if you want to dig an early grave for yourself. Continue taking that nonsense. So I take the sincere milk of God's word. So I take it. And then fresh squeezed Olivia juice. That's how I do it. I don't take all those things. Yes. And there are some people, ah, they, they, they supply my needs. Tiger nuts. No, please don't send me tiger nuts. It's very fat. Don't send me tiger nuts. It's really fat. Eh? 
I reason. Now look at First Corinthians nine verse eleven. It says, "If we have sown spiritual things to you, is it a great thing if we reap your material things?" Okay, someone is sending message. Say, do you usually give tithe separately, or do you give your pastor a part from the tithe? Ah, <sighs> okay. So, hmm, this tithe matter. Do I have time to start? <laughs> do I even have a teacher on the tithe? It's been longer since I thought that. I do, but I'm sure it's somewhere in the archives on the tithe. So. Let me play. In in the end, the system that we run for giving is more of a how would I put it? Um, we have some flex. We have flexible systems. For some people, for example, they decide, okay, for my income, I'm going to give a portion. They use like a tight system, maybe a tight or 20, 20 30, 40 percent. Some people do that. And once once my maybe salary comes and I give a portion, some people give like that. There are people that give maybe weekly. Say weekly. This is what I've decided to give every week. There are different cases like that. Um, as you were well aware, normally we use a we have a partnership system. So like every Friday or so, I guess you probably get a message or something, you know, concerning partnership. Um, so in in that case, I'll say, really, is you just decide, right? You decide what you're going to give. You're going to decide, okay, do I want to give a tithe, or do I want to give like Maybe this amount per you 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 get it. I think scripture doesn't really give a hard and fast rule. You get to decide what you give and how you give it. Right? Well we what we encourage is a partnership system anyway. So that a partnership system that is predictable so that we can plan the ministry can plan its finances on a predictable system. You understand? So um so we've sown spiritual things. So the pastor's work is to sow what spiritual things to you. It doesn't mean a pastor cannot give you natural things. All right? He can, it doesn't mean a pastor cannot help you. He can. But his primary obligation is not to give you natural things. His primary obligation is to give you what? Spiritual things. The word of God is to pray for you, is to teach you God's word, is to, you know what I'm saying, minister to you. That's his primary duty to you, to disciple you, to train you. That's his primary assignment. You get that. Your own primary assignment is to minister what? Natural things. Well, there's also the part of praying for um confirm the plans. They are different now. How about Kilo Day? They are different. The if you're going to give for partnership, it's different from what you give to your pastor. Let me even say that, please. What you give to the church is separate from what you give to the pastor. It's separate. Two separate things. It's completely separate. What you give to the church is used primarily to run the church. You get. And then it's on systems. The pastor can get maybe a salary, which usually is determined by what comes in. So... For example, if you like, say the pastor's salary is one million naira. If it's hundred thousand that is coming in, so after they finish paying all the bills of the church and all those things, is whatever is left that they will use and pay the pastor's salary. You understand? So one other than that, you give your partnership separately. If you want to give a tenth, that one is separate. Then you can take another tenth and then you give, uh, what do you call it? 
if you want to give a tithe to your part, you give that separately. Meanwhile, a tithe is just a 10%. Don't spiritualize it. There's, it's not spiritual. A tithe is 1 over 10. Are you with me? The word tithe is not a spiritual word. It's just tithe. That's what it is. It's just a tithe. It's just a numerical value. A tithe, 1 over 10, 10%. Simple. So you decide what you do with that. But just know that what you give to the... So maybe, or is that what some people think? That they think that maybe because you gave to the church, you automatically give to your pastor. That's not true. That's actually not true at all. It's, it's far from the truth. Very far from the truth. So just so you know, it's separate. It's very, very separate. Um, we reciprocate. First uh, Corinthians 9, let me see. Is that for bear walking verse? That's wonderful. Okay. Uh, let's see. Verse 9, verse 1. Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen the Lord Jesus? Am I you know my walk in the Lord? If I am not an apostle to others, at least I am to you. For you are the confirming sign of my apostleship in the Lord. This is my defense to whom those who examine me. Do we not have the rights to financial support? So your pastor has the right to what? Financial support. Someone say financial support. Financial support. To be supported financially. He has the right. Do we not have the rights to the company of a believing wife, like the other apostles and the Lord's brother and Peter? Or do only Barnabas and I lack the rights not to walk? So look at this. The pastor has the what? The right not to what? To walk. He has the right. Why? Because the labor of the vineyard is already enough. What we do in ministry is already enough. It's work itself. And to be honest with you, you need a pastor who is committed to do the work. His, his mind is there. Later, I'm going to see the lack, see the, the problems when or when a pastor is not well supported and what happens. Um Look, am I saying these things only on the basis of common sense? Oh, no, no, look at this. It says, whoever, verse 7, whoever serves in the army at his own expense, who plants a vineyard and does not eat its fruit, who tends a flock and does not consume his milk. Are you seeing that? That there's the ordination of God that where, where a pastor is laboring, a pastor should be supported. Because he or she is laboring in that vineyard. Are you seeing that? Now we're talking about those who are laboring. You know, there's laboring anyhow. There's I'm talking about those who are properly laboring over people. Who are focusing on the work. They are supposed to be supported. Does the Lord not say this as well? Verse 9. For it is written in the Lord, do not muzzle an ox as while it is treading out the grain. God is not concerned about the ox, is he? Or is he not surely speaking for our benefit? It was written to us because the one plowing and threshing ought to walk in hope of enjoying the harvest. Are you seeing that? So there should be a hope in a pastor. <laughs> I like preaching this part. There should be a hope in a pastor's heart that as he's laboring over you spiritually, there should be a material response. God ordained material response. Although I like to add that for let the pastor that the pastor will not suffer heartbreak and chop breakfast. Should, he should go and walk. It's true. Because as a pastor, like now, if there's any of you that comes and says, 
Lord of God, um, I slept and I heard the Lord say, Son, you are a full-time pastor. I'll tell him you heard the devil. I'll tell them straight. I say, it's not God you heard, my friend. A full-time pastor is me that you now can't destroy for money. My friend, I walk. It's true. That's what I'll say. I'll send you packing straight up. Yes. At least start from somewhere. At least have some hustle. Have something. Do you get? We eat it from somewhere. Man will disappoint you. <laughs> Man, oh, don't worry. When you become a pastor full time, that you understand when they say the heart of man is desperately wicked. You understand? <laughs> you understand that human beings. Oh God, human beings. You can die as a pastor. Ah. You no, know, the reason I say as a pastor, still have your own family, you have your wife, have your children, maintain your relationship with your family well. Because some people, some pastors in their foolishness will go and die for the congregation and neglect their own family. Then the congregation they die for will turn around and stab them in the back. <laughs> and then they've destroyed their family. No, family is still family, please. Make sure. Make sure. So I always like to say that even if this is true, you still see that the Paul and Barnabas were still working. They say we have the right. Do you get? They have the right, but they, uh, what do you call it? Um, but they are not supposed to, uh, what do you call it? They have the right, but they are still supposed to work. They still work. And the only reason is because sometimes, for example, if we are pastoring, and now let's say you go somewhere, you're trying to pastor some, then these people are very poor. Like if you're pastoring the Macedonian church, what is you? What do you if you pastor the Macedonian church? Those guys are broke. You know what I'm saying? Or they're doing things ministry. I'm a, you know, things ministry, people don't like things ministry because there's no, there's no money. There's not much money like that. Well, at least unless, let me leave that. So, the point is that the pastor has that. So the, for the congregation, you know now say, Pastor, Pastor, are you not? The Bible says you can walk. What's your own? No, it's not you that will tell Pastor that one. Are you with me? Because let me also tell you the truth. When your pastor walks, I look at my pastor, for example, Pastor Tim, and I can tell you, even if he does try to do some side gigs, I try to imagine how effective he would be if he was doing a 9 to 5 like everyone else. Or if he was running a full business, it's not easy. Have you run a business before? <laughs> ha. There's a reason why God sometimes just talks to a minister and says, Oh my guy, leave all that stuff. Just focus on the work. <laughs> because those things are massive distractions. They are very distracting. You try and you know, a business is like a baby, it requires full attention. It needs full concentration. If the business will prosper, you must be thinking. You know, it's not like business is this kind of thing that is like if you don't do it well. Like now, what was working yesterday can stop working today. Let's say you had a shop you were selling out of. The next thing, what happens is that government comes, policy, they crush your shop. You don't have a shop again. You had a shop yesterday, you don't have a shop today. You now start to think, where will I get a national shop? Where will I get rent money to pay for it? You, business is crazy. Which is why it's always a better deal. It's a better if a pastor can be supported. It's a better deal. Are you with me? But then if you are the kind of person who, and I'm saying this because you know our goal in here is to raise pastors, to raise everyone as a pastor. So you have to understand that in our own, our me, I am a pioneer. I pioneered this, so you got you. I will 
me not working is to establish is a fresh work to establish it and all that but i'm talking to you i still plan to go into other things here and there on the side as god permits but for me most of what i do is i focus on this work focus on this work monday to friday saturday and sunday i'm focused on the work but you as a seller and whatever you're doing you have to work get that job very well whatever it is you're doing the only case we will look at you and say you're not going to work is when we see that you are so invested that you are getting results heavy results that require you not to work that's what we we'll answer you if not my friend can work can work so verse 11 if we sold spiritual things among you is it too much to read material things so you see that's an expectation if you sow spiritual things you should what get material things are you seeing that aha uh-huh. so here and now we turn your pastor you pay your you should pay your pastor well right your pastor should be put on a salary your pastor should put on a salary are you with me your pastor should be put on a salary <sighs> other words you want to make sure that the pastor is not what um I you know I've said it before. I said that the biggest, the most important person in your life is your pastor. And that's the truth. Scripturally, it's true. Naturally, it's true. The most important person, the only person in your life that is going to be dealing with your eternal destiny is your pastor. Therefore, his job is the most crucial and most important. And so, if it comes to pay, that should be the highest paying job in the world. You get, because the truth is that there's nothing you can actually do right there's no amount of money or whatever you can actually pay for what your pastor does there's nothing you can't pay you can't actually quantify and pay for it it's invaluable it's eternal what your pastor does are you seeing that so um let me see first timothy 5 verse 17 to 19 let the elders that rule well notice the whole rule well that means who do their work well be counted worthy of what double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle the that ox that treads the grain. Are you seeing it again? And the laborer. So you see that Timothy and Paul, or Paul quotes this text two times to make his point that you shall not muzzle the ox that treads the grain. The laborer is worthy of his wages. So think of it like this, that this, your pastor is working for God and in the natural all right in the natural one way that god pays the pastor is through the people that he blesses as one way that the pastor pays or the people pay the pastor or the god pays the pastor through the people but the reward is separate to you say my reward is with me now what are the results of not taking care of your pastor financially well first of all a pastor who is not well taken care of will have a divided focus because it will not be effective as it should be. That time that you should be spent praying and studying the word and, you know, trusting God for the congregation, feeding the congregation. He'll be using it, thinking about how to spend, pay for bills, get more money or meet material needs. You know, people don't understand this thing. And you need to understand it. Because I say, what's the pastor using money for? Ah, if you are t- t- thinking like that, you may be a witch. But <laughs> I didn't say you are. But let me just explain. What's the pastor using money for? You, what do you use money for? It's true now. If you say, what, what what do you, you, you as you are, what do you use money for? What do you use money for? <laughs> Maybe you just have money to look at it, Abby. Just, just look at your car. Oh, I have uh, 12 zeros. Okay. 
Well, we are human beings. We use money. Hallelujah. We don't eat sand. It's not sand. They don't, we don't, yeah, we don't eat sand. I would be. We don't sleep under the bridge. We don't sleep under the heavens. We want to look at the heavens when we sleep. We don't do that. It's true now. We don't marry animals. We don't marry goats and give birth to goats. We marry human beings too. Human beings. And then when we marry human beings, we have to take care of the human because God himself said, anyone that has a family and does not take care of that family has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. So we take care of our families. We pay school fees, people of God. It's true because another thing about honor is that honor is not, you don't just honor the person, you honor what belongs to the person. Yes. So pastors pay school fees and school fees is on the rise. Pay school fees. We pay rent. Oh, we don't know we pay rent. The landlord just liked my face. I just said, blessed are thou among you. I said, take the keys to this house. We pay rent, too. You don't know. We pay rent, too. Yes. I'm a parent and I parent. Yes. Our rent is not cheap in Lagos. Yes. I feed my family. You know, we don't eat uh, just cassava. Sometimes we like to switch things up. Sometimes we like egg. Huh? We like to add egg to the food. We like to add, uh, you know, we like rice. We like chicken. It's not you that likes chicken. We too, we like chicken. Pastors. We like, it's highly proteinous. We like chicken. Hmm? What do we use money for? We too, we have dreams. Eh? We have dreams too. We don't want to be small. It's true. We too, I have dreams. We like to be comfortable. Don't you like to be comfortable? We are still down there and AC is blowing. You don't like him. If you like it, your pastor likes it. It's true now. Your pastor likes good things too. Likes good things. For himself or his family. So we use money for stuff. Don't we have emergency? We do as well. Sometimes my children are in the hospital. Yes. Say, oh man of God, heal them. My friend, shut up. <laughs> Is <laughs> you don't read that your Bible, what's wrong with you? Sometimes, yes, sometimes, sometimes I, I have been in the hospital before. My wife has been in the hospital before. Yes. So we have emergencies like that. What do we use money for? Ah. You know, checking ministry should not be a pastor's ministry. That should not be one of the ministries you add to the pastor. No. We have to move around now. We buy fuel. Have you seen how much fuel is recently? In my car, if I put 10k, it take me three days. Three days, and after you finish, I pay again. Yeah. Exactly. So we do things. We, had, we do big things with money. We do things. It's not only you that likes money, which we like money. Money is good. Money is very good. So, yes. So the question should be asking is, how does your pastor, especially if your pastor is not working a full-time job, how does your pastor cope? That's the question that should be in your head. How does your pastor operate or cope? This is how you should be thinking. Oh. Yes. So that when that money enters your account, you know you don't just think of yourself. Ah, one thing where your mind should go that ah, my pastor. 
Yes. Because light or not, God's strategies to take care of your pastor, if your pastor is full-time, involves you. It does. It involves you. And you must be sensitive to that. You have to be sensitive to that. That yes, it involves you. It involves you. That one way, you know, anyway, one day we'll talk about is that the reason why we've gone, you know, been able to do ministry for as long as we've done it is because God has walked through faithful people. All right. So of them are in this call, they're listening to it, has walked through faithful people over the years and has stirred their hearts and helped them to be able to provide support to what we do. Yes, there are people here that have been part and parcel of that, that provided support. If not for them, <laughs> if not for them, it's true. They yielded to the Spirit of God. So that's the point. As a pastor myself, I always, even I as a pastor, I say it, even I as a pastor, I support my own pastor. So being a pastor does not cancel out you being honorable. No, even me, I support my pastor financially. So number one, he will have divided focus. He's always, when a pastor is always trying to hustle, thinking about money, he won't be a good pastor. And that's just a fact. Can't be a good pastor. Can't be a good pastor. So <laughs> always thinking. Then, <laughs> well, one of them is it can lead to hurt. And that's the truth. When... Uh, Especially when a pastor commits himself and labors over the flock, takes care of the flock, and the flock do not reciprocate. Yes, it can lead to hurt. Church hurt is not, you know, is it church hurt? You only think of the congregation. We don't think of the pastor. And people don't get that. Yes, that church, if you've ever been a, what do you call it? Don't um, oh, answer your question. I've seen it. Those of you that are serving with DMs, I've seen it. So, if you ever, uh, what do you call it? Uh, what was I even saying? Yeah. It's not, church hurt is not just, if you have been a pastor, you know what I'm saying. Church hurt is not one way, it's both ways. Sometimes the congregation hurt the pastor. <laughs> yeah. They also hurt the pastor, it's not one way. So, it can lead to church hurt. Um, one other thing, of course, is going to affect the pastor's family. Yeah, we've seen families that rebel where because they believe God is not faithful. We've seen children that rebel and refuse because of how they saw their family suffer when they were growing up. Uh, they said, no, God cannot be. I've seen cases, many cases like that where they refuse to take God's things seriously. I've seen cases where um <laughs> You know, I've seen cases where the, the children of the pastor refuse to take up ministry because for them, ministry is going to suck their souls and keep them poor. So they abandon ministry completely. Uh, so this is what I'm saying. I've experienced church hurt firsthand or congregation hurting the pastor firsthand. Yes, firsthand hurting. It's not, it's not funny. Um, of course, there are pastors that do this anyway. That when, uh, when you know, when, when the congregation will not take care of their pastor now, they begin to take to take up opportunities to preach outside <laughs> and uh, they take opportunities to preach outside more and then you know 
whether the Holy Ghost give permission or not, they say, Holy Ghost, are you going to pay the rest? <laughs> they take off like that because they're chasing on the rim. It's wrong. But I'm not saying, not, not something that Satan, you, you should know where Satan is going to tempt people. Do you understand? And when it comes to your pastor, an area of temptation will always be finances. That's if he does not have his own finances. An area of temptation will be finances. Just know this. An area of temptation will be finances. <laughs> an area of temptation will be finances. And so, one of the ways, and again, don't say, this is the point. Think about it this way. If all the members are concerned about their pastor and become systematic in taking care of their pastor, for example, maybe percentage-wise or something, maybe they adopt it and become systematic about it. You know, the point is you don't see what that thing you are doing. You know, okay, let me say like this. You are there saying, ah, no, no, this 1K, I be 5K or 2K is too what, small or I'm too whatever. You're not the one thinking that. There are many people thinking the same thing. And so because all of them think that way, right, they don't do anything. However, when there's accumulation, it matters, it counts. It does. So you shouldn't stop or let, if I let me tell you, at times when I'm talking to you, that what I do, sometimes it's literally 5K that comes. I say 500. I do. I just stay faithful to it. Sometimes it can be 50. I say five. That's what I do. <laughs> There's sometimes some good money. Boom. Ah. The account will now shake. <laughs> My point is that if you're not faithful with the little one, you say you want to do this and you're not faithful with the little one, don't deceive yourself. You will get, let me even promise you, you will get one million when that account like this. <laughs> to shock you, you will spend that money, you will not know where it went and your pastor will not be in it. That one is a promise. If you've not already made a habit of it, of doing that, when you have little, when you have much, I promise you, your pastor will be your heart. In fact, let me even say, that if you write a list, if I really talk about it, I say write a list of things you would do if you had one million naira. now, I can bet you your honor will not be anywhere on that list. If you had one M, be honest with yourself. If you had one M, honor will not be on that list. So it's better you already create a system. A system. A system of honor, support. First Thessalonians 5, 12, 13. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, those who labor among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Do you see that? So... Pastoring is a function. It's not a title. So, per time, it's person who is primarily responsible for you, laboring over you, that you focus on. It says, 1 Corinthians 16, verse 15 to 16, you know that the household of Stephanas were the first converts in Achaia, and they have devoted themselves to the service of the Lord's people. Notice they have what? devoted themselves to the service of the Lord's people. So he said, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to submit to such people and to everyone who joins in the work and labors at it. So who do you submit to? 
those who have devoted themselves to the service of the Lord's people, those who are pastoring you. You see that? That's who you submit to. Those who labor over you. He says, count those as worthy of double honor, or what of double honor, those who labor over you in word and doctrine. Now, um, there are a few questions that I want to answer. By the way, if you have any questions, you can um, put them down about this whole structural thing. Uh, okay. So, what's the scope of pastor's authority, right? Again, there should probably be a list for this scope of a pastor's authority. Scope. I would like to say that the pastor's authority is, is where the word, like I said, number one, the pastor cannot force you. The pastor can only instruct based on the word of God. And I think the word of God has clear parameters. There are areas that the pastor does not have access, right? The highest the pastor can do is guide. Like I said, when it comes to matters like um, things where the pastor has can step in conflict resolution, some of these other things. But again, like I said, the scope, the major function of a pastor is the preaching, the teaching of the word. As a major function of a pastor, to teach you the word, to preach the word, to disciple you, to train you. So based on that, your pastor, for example, can call for meetings. First of all, there are the meetings that I call for. All right, I supersede any other meeting. But your pastors can call for, if they feel it necessary, they can call for prayer meetings. All right, and I think they should do that. If they can call for evangelism meetings, they feel maybe let's do extra evangelism, they can call for it. You understand? They can call for such things. Um, your pastor can, your pastor should basically know basic major details about your life. Right, they should know what's going on in your life. Um, they have the right to ask such questions as as per what helps them with their work. You understand? Um, and you should be open to your pastors. You know what I'm saying? Now, of course, please, your pastors don't. This is the other thing. Just because they have that kind of access, for example, let's say you're a female and then your pastor is a male, there are things you don't tell your pastor, please. Huh? Don't tell your pastor you're on your period. It's not weird. It doesn't no concern them. It's no concern them. Some, some ladies, any opportunity they get, they don't want to tell the males in their life that they're on their period. I don't know what, 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 why, why, what's wrong with you and that information. If, it's true now. That's not his business. It's not his business. Do you get what I'm saying? Only if it's in relation to some, okay, I can't make it for me to know. Uh-huh. Then Why? Sir, that time of the month uh-huh. makes sense. Don't go and tell your pastors. I slept with twelve people. You know, God is healing me, but I slept with Andrew in two thousand and fifteen. I slept with you know, then James two thousand and seventeen. Then I slept with two people the next year, and everything, and all that. You know, in fact, I even have the pictures you want to see. You, what 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 it concern your pastor? What kind of stupidity is that? Yes, some people their whole life is outside. Please let me say this: 
if your pastor is a, if you are going to talk about sensitive information, I'm talking about sensitive information, please. There are females in this minute. There's Mama J, for example, first of all. You get, there's Mama J. Mama J, sensitive female information starts from there, please. You get what I'm saying? Don't let your pastor stumble. What you should be thinking of the world is thinking about you because of something you told him. You understand? Uh huh. So we do that. You're very discreet. Are discreet. There are things you don't you don't mention. Some things you don't. For me, I I had to navigate that as a set man. God has helped me. Cause let me say this: when when you you have to do it, then God gives you grace to help you. But when you are stupid, you will fall. I'll say it like that. Yes, yeah. Silly. I've handled a lot of female issues, especially when my wife was not in the picture. A lot of them. But now, and they <laughs> thank God, the females are even having sense. So. <coughs> When they are very extremely delicate issues, they go and meet her. And that's how it should be. Go and meet her. Understand? Of course, if you have a female pastor, of course, the way it should be is that it's the issues that are bigger. You know, the one way past you. There's the one way past you. Normally, the way it should be is that the, the basic issues, your pastors handle them. But when you get the one way past you, your pastor normally says, okay, this one is serious, so let's escalate it. So let me say this that usually it's your pastor that should escalate issues. You understand now if it's a case whereby maybe you are you see that you you've like your you've tried and your pastor has not resolved the issue and you've petitioned your pastor petition and your pastor doesn't want to escalate it then that's a case by whereby you can escalate it but then again it's a bit you know here and there normally many of those issues your so you should learn to tell your pastor your issues if you have whatever issues, start with your pastor, please. Let it be that way. Your pastor says, "Ha, you won't kill me. Which one be this one? Uh, what do you mean that you, that queen of the coast is your wife or your husband? Ah, please. Uh -huh. It's those kind of issues that <laughs> those are the ones you bring to me. Uh -huh. Those are the ones you bring to me. You get, but with small, small, all these chingom demons like that, the ones that are still any work. Your pastor is the one that you think is strong. That's the one that. Well, Maybe the one that when the demon has looked at your own pastor and said, Paul, I know just I know who are you. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> That's the one that you <laughs> That's the one that you can refer to because there's no demon that God tell me that you don't bother well. They would tell me that one. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so stuff like that, Jean. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so there's a school. Pastor's major work is, is is the word of God. It's prayer. And then things will, for example, like when it comes to your workplace, again, I will leave many of those things on the level of counsel. He can counsel you about your job. He can't force you to leave your job. He can counsel you about marriage. Do you get? He can't force you to leave to 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 get married or get married to someone. They can only just give you basic advice and counsel. Although most of those marriage issues usually get to my doorstep. But the point is your pastor has basic jurisdiction. They can counsel you on things. Okay, you have boyfriend, for example. Yeah, hey, you have boyfriend and you know very well people are living in sin. Actually, that one, when it comes to things like that, where there's one you are living in sin with somebody that you are not, there's no process showing that you are seeking to get married to that person. 
right? And in the end, let me say it again here. Well, the one we do is finish school. Oh. Don't tell me that the Lord is prompting your heart in, in year three. I'm not going to answer you. It's only if you are a medical student. And we know that you're in year five. Uh -huh. Exactly. That's where I will start answering you. Year five medical student. For anything year one to year four, you're on your own. I will believe finish school. That's the one we do. Finish school. After you finish school. And everything. So, like I said, your pastor can, to me, where... Like, they, again, your pastor cannot force you, for example. Let's say I want stupid relationship, you should not be inside. They can't force you. They can only advise you. They can say, Philomena, leave Tadios alone. Uh -huh. Leave Tadios alone. Tadios is not for you. Is, this is why the word of God is clear on this matter. Tadios is lazy. Tadios doesn't marry you. You are sleeping with Tadios. Uh -huh. In fact, that one is, is one that should even attract, for example, uh -huh. Yeah, inside one relationship and people are committing sexual sin. That one is that one is you. In fact, let me even say it here. If that's where you are, you're inside a relationship with somebody and you're committing sexual sin, there's what we call suspension. We go suspend now. Go suspend now. Suspension where because church allows this one. The word of God allows this one. Where there's church discipline. Good discipline now. Yes. Because and the discipline is unto restoration, so that you can recover from your sin. Yes, a suspension. You relax somewhere. That if that thing, your body is too hot, relax. Put it for one corner of the ring. Put it up as well corner of the ring. So yeah, relax. Three months, and take you through rehabilitation. It's true now, so that all that fire in your bosom, that lack of control that you have, yeah, that lack of control, mm -hmm. that lack of control will help you to control yourself. I wanted to say get my series on on First Corinthians seven, but that one was the pastor's meeting. That thing was powerful, Abi. So, does anybody have anything that they collected from this session? I beg. Okay, duro duro. Go ahead. All right. Uh, good evening, sir. Uh, thank you for the very interesting talk. Uh, I think one thing I would say was sort of like validating certain concerns I've always had about like just. Again, I think I can put in the chat at the point in time. People sort of flick, um, fluctuate, fluctuate between extremes, right? So people tend to either go on extreme ends when what really we need is moderation, right? And I was also thinking that, okay, what is really um, the sort of validating factor is the fact that um, the word of the scripture is actually our guide. Um, and God doesn't really put any system without any sort of like all its um, control mechanism, right? So, for instance, um, sorry, what's it called? For instance, right, there is a pastor, and then you don't, you don't have like a total, like a pastor with infinite controls and infinite powers, right? God always puts checks and balances in place. Um, same thing with the body as well, right? The God also says, okay, yeah, while we're going to say, okay, the pastor should um, contribute in the spirit, you should also sort of um, bless the pastor in the material as well. That's also a check and balance so that the pastor does not just um, leave the work and says, oh, I want to survive, right? Uh, so yeah, and, and so even that, I think that was like the check and balance that I was just thinking about as you were speaking. Right? God always puts checks and balances. He doesn't put, um, he doesn't leave a system where there are no controls because obviously when we have human beings, people tend to go 
without controls. I think that's what I've personally um, came up thought about today. Mm, awesome. Checks and balances. Very essential. If not, you have animals. Divine says, today's teaching one, honor was very practical. I was broken down and I was able to literally get action points on things I can do better in terms of honoring my pastor. Okay. Yeah, is it today? That's interesting. Then, um, Titus, Titus Prowse, that's a nice name. Honor a pastor, cover his own nakedness. Honor a pastor's nakedness is to keep him or her accountable. To keep him or her accountable. Mm, is that what I said? That's what I said. I'm sure that's how I said it too. But thin line between honor and idolatry. A pastor doesn't have authority over God. Your first loyalty is to God and then and not to your pastor. You shouldn't follow your pastor into rebellion. You shouldn't be fanatic for your pastor. There's no small sin. Sin is potential or has potential to grow. Be faithful in your little with your honor from your heart and you'll be faithful in much. Okay. Sorry, it was too real. <laughs> Okay, that's a good one. It was too real. Mm, okay. Thank you for the feedback. Thank you. Only hogs in Christ, side hog, very instructive. Thank God for your life. They almost bob your head. They're in allegiance to your pastors. <laughs> the pastors are jumped to Christ. Amen. Okay, two sprouts has has um, clarified. Okay, I understand. Um, I learned that there are boundaries that my pastor can't cross. I also learned that only my pastor involves and understand that he can make mistakes. I can't mess up. Yes, he can't cross them. So if he crosses them, please, you have to report him. If any of my pastors cross that boundary, you understand. You can you can escalate it to me. If, if they cross certain boundaries. But you too, if you cross your own boundaries, that you should not cross. Uh -huh. They can also escalate that to me as well. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I'm going to seduce your pastor, please. All right. Okay, people of God, that's it for tonight. God bless you. Have a wonderful night and bye-bye.